Hello ladies, my name is Anne and welcome to Ladies Alcove, a place for women of ages ranging from puberty to late adulthood where we cover biblical womanhood and delve into topics such as mental and physical health, finances, relationships, femininity, fashion, motherhood, Bible talks, and a myriad of other topics that relate to women. In simple terms, it is to promote this, a healthy lady, healthy family, healthy connections, and purposeful living. So I invite you to leave a five-star review on the podcast for the algorithm and also to follow us on IG. If you would like to get in contact with me, you can DM me or email me at ladiesalcove at gmail.com. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Hello, Donna. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to have you as a guest. And most importantly, I'm really excited for the information that you are going to share with us on today's episode. I know for sure a lot of ladies are going to find so much information to glean from. So I'm really excited to have you on our episode today. Thank you so much, Anne, for inviting me. I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation. It's a very interesting topic. So. Very interesting topic. And I felt like you were, you were going to be a great person to talk about it. And a little backstory for the listeners listening to today's episode. I We were in Sabbath school and um, you were doing the Sabbath school lesson and you said, I wish there were more ladies so I could share this with them. And then you started talking about the topic we're going to discuss today. And I thought, she, I think she should come to the podcast and share this because this is really good information. And for those of you who haven't listened to the first episode, one of the reasons why I started this podcast is to really share information with women, information that I didn't receive when I was younger or that I may have you know, missed because I was stuck in my own ways or things like that. And I know I'm not... Uh, an expert at every subject, which is why I have people like you to share information and, and their expertise and different things like that. So I'm really excited to dive into it. Oh, yes. So am I. So am I. So, so we could get into this episode. Can you tell us about yourself? So um, I, I, my name's Donna Lynch Cunningham, and I'm, I decided to start with that because I kept by maiden name as well. I didn't drop it. And, and there's a joke behind that. I, I, you know, jokingly said to my husband, you know, if this goes south, I can just drop the Cunningham and keep the lynch. <laughs> of course, it's, it's, you know, it's now 28 years later, we've known each other for over 30 years, and we've been married for 28 years. So now I can't change it because everything else is under Lynch Cunningham. So mm-hmm. it's just a little joke that that happened um, just early in my marriage. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've been back for 28 years. I'm an um, a HR professional for the last 16 years. I work in the higher ed um, environment, and it's a job that I enjoy thoroughly. Um, we're the parents. My husband's name is Charles. He and I are the parents of four adopted children, and um, two of them are grown, and, and um, the other two still lives with us. One of them, is she's graduating in, in May, getting ready to go on to college. So it's, it's a transition for us. Um, and I'm also a third generation, uh, Seventh-day Adventist. More importantly, I'm a Christian. And so the, some of the, the conversation we're going to have today, the principles we're going to talk about, some of them are biblically based. Well, all of them are biblically based. And then some of them are, are just by um, my own opinion and, and experience, just gleaned from listening to other women um, 
who are married, who are going through or who are experiencing or who have experienced, you know, making more than, than their husbands. And we're specifically talking about husbands here. So I'm emphasizing um, they're making more than their husbands. So I'm hoping that my 28 years of experience amounts to something <laughs> in terms of um, just what I'm able to share today. Oh, I'm sure it will. From your experience, how important is money and financial security in a relationship? It is that, well, before, before I answer that question, let me, let me just start with the basis because everything that I'm going to say is going to be based on biblical principles. So the first thing I want to say is that uh, marriage is a Christian institution established by God. And that has to be the basis for every marriage. Um, individuals, and I'm, I'm saying this freely, who are not Christians will not fully understand how to function in that relationship. It was established by God. He's got a, a, a blueprint for how it should be done, how we should function within that marriage. And if we don't have that blueprint, um, we're going to make a lot of mistakes. The second thing that we do realize marriage and ministry, you've got two imperfect people coming together, totally different backgrounds. I don't care if you all grew up with money. Um, once you're both educated, you both uh, came from the same Christian background you're going to find that you have a lot of differences. And so you're going to come into this marriage to minister to one another. And therefore, that's why, you know, I said, I talked to you offline, and I, you know, forgiveness is, a, is has to be part of that um, ministry. It has to be part of the foundation. The third thing I want to say is that marriage between a man and a woman. So when we're talking about, so you make me more than your husband. I want to make sure that that's established. Mm-hmm. It's between a man and a woman as God has ordained it. And while I'm speaking to all women today, I'm specifically um, directing the conversation to women who are Christian. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that because you have women who may be listening who are not Christians and may be offended by some of the things that are said. But this is coming from the foundation that I believe in Mm -hmm. as a Christian. And so I'm sharing it from that viewpoint and not from the world's viewpoint. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say that, um, first of all, and so you're saying, um, how important is money? Mm-hmm. Money is extremely important. Money makes the mayor gallop. <laughs> and then you don't have money. Things can't run because you, 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 you have to be practical and realize you can't live off love alone. So you've got to be wise. And that's why it's good for both parties before they decide to enter into a marriage that they have a solid and firm understanding of finances, of budgeting, mm-hmm. et cetera. And I am speaking not as someone who had it all together because I didn't every money I made, I headed straight to the store on a Friday and I made sure I bought a a new outfit and I headed out of the store before sunset so I could wear the outfit to church on Sabbath. Mm -hmm. So did not have a full understanding of money and the impact it could have. And that's me being as a single person. And I took that same um, behavior early into my marriage. I see it. I bought it. So money is very important. I, I always heard, um, I've heard folks say, and it was a new saying to me when I heard it. And it, it says, uh, no money, no honey. And that was a woman saying that to, you know, saying that to the man, you know, you don't have any money. It's not going to happen. There's no intimacy <laughs> you know, because you're too stressed out worrying every day about money to feel good about yourselves mm-hmm. and, and your relationships. Your focus is some somewhere else and and money lack of money can be a stressor Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. No, lack of money is a stressor, you know, and especially when you have children. A lot of times, if it's just you and you're single, you can make ends meet. You can go crash with a friend. You can borrow money for food to pay your bills, etc. But when you're married, there's a whole nother set of dynamics and you have children mm -hmm. that really comes into play. You know, you've got it's not just you anymore. So you can't you can't throw things together and try to make ends meet. And then um, the Bible also talks about you don't work. You don't have money. You're not going to eat. <laughs> we're, all going to, we're all going to starve. So it, it's really important. And I could go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. But it's really, it, it's very, very important. And I like the way you asked the question, how important is money? Um, because if we address it directly as you've asked it, then it makes sense. But if we were to ask it the other way, where, it, where the love of it, creates a whole nother dynamic. Mm -hmm. Money's important. It's mm -hmm. very important. And I'm not going to go drifting off on the love of money, mm -hmm. but it's going to come into play as we, as we, we, uh, we continue to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's true because like you need money to eat, you need money for rent, That's you right. need money for utilities. You need, mm -hmm. if you have children, they need diapers, they need food when they get to become toddlers, if they're not solely breastfeeding or whatever, you know, it's really important. And That's right. who, who wants to stress? I know I don't. So mm -hmm. it's really important. And I and I think it's very important to hear these things because sometimes when you're in the love phase or you're infatuated, it can be very easy to disregard certain important um, aspects of marriage and in a relationship. And you think, oh, like, like you said, you can't, a relationship doesn't work solely on love. Sometimes, you know, in that infatuation stage, you might feel that it is important to just love one another. But there are practical aspects and steps in a relationship that needs to be taken in order for the relationship to thrive. Just like learning how to communicate That's is right. really important. So money, as much as we don't want to have the love of money, the angering or strong desire, you know, to be, I don't know, super duper rich, the most rich person on earth. It's still important to have the resources to make the relationship work. So I really like That's that. Mm -hmm. That. um that aspect or that point that you brought out. So we realize that money is important and it needs to be had. So what tends to happen though to both parties when the husband makes more than his wife or vice versa? A lot of things happen. Um, one of the first things that happen is um, if there's not a good relationship between the husband and the wife, Let's say when the husband's making more money, the expectation is that he's he's the provider. He's a provider, supposed to be the priest and the protector. So there's that sense that, okay, he's making more than he's supposed to provide. And that's how it's supposed to be. That's how God set it up. Um, biblically, in the, you know, in the Garden of Eden, he was the first one. He was supposed to tend the animal and care for the garden, etc. So he's supposed to be the provider. When it's a woman that makes uh, more money, then there's a shift in some dynamics. Um, believe it or not, and for a lot of men, the ego is fragile. The minute the woman starts making more, there is that sense of, for the man, his ego comes into play. However, as women, when we're making more, sometimes we use it as payback. And I start to say, um, and I kind of drifted back, you know, shifted off into another arena, but 
a relevant arena, but sometimes when we as women make more, if you're not in one of those strong godly marriages, like mm. I spoke about, that's why I want to set that foundation, then it's an opportunity for payback. Mm. Now I get to call the shots. Now I get to say what gets done. Now I get to say when it gets done. Now I also use it to make you feel less than. Mm. So it is really, so that's one of the things that happen. Uh, competition comes into play, you know, because sometimes one may make more than the other, but then there are times when you're both high earners. And so competition comes into play. Let's see who can outdo who, who to the extent of the marriage relationship. Because now you're no longer companions, you're now competitors. Hmm. And so that sometimes can come into play. And that's again is why you have to have a biblical godly marriage. You have to understand the value that money should play in your relationship. If you place an extremely high value on money than you do on your partner, hmm. that's going to create an issue. You have got to understand money's place in your relationship. And that's why I said to you earlier, I'm so happy the way you, you asked a question. Because when we love money or we put it in a place of priority where it does not belong, it's going to create an issue hmm. in the marriage. Because we, we use that to determine the value of each other and or the importance of each other. Or we allow society to say the more money you make, then you get to run the show or call the shots. That may work in in, 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 in a competitive world, mm -hmm. but that's not going to work in a marriage between two individuals, especially if you have two very strong-willed individuals. Mm -hmm. You're heading for disaster when it comes to that. So you have to understand that. And uh, sometimes as Christians, we get caught up in that cycle. We, we start following what the world says about how we should view money. And so it loses its lesser place of priority, which is where it should be. It should be less than how we value each other. So we just need to be very aware of that, very careful of that. Um, we know what society says. We know how the idea is you always try to keep up with the Joneses. But in a relationship, that will become an issue, especially if you are two individuals, as I said, coming from two different backgrounds or even the same background where you had money. But even with individuals who came from wealthy backgrounds, one was taught, may have been taught to invest everything, where one was taught to enjoy life at all expense. Hmm. So you have to make sure that there's an understanding there. Otherwise, you're going to find the competition, the, the, the payback attitude, and all of that's going to come into play. And that's going to destroy your marriage. Mm -hmm. That will destroy your marriage. It's not, it's not if it, it will, it's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. And so specifically for women, how have you found how have you found women to react or treat their husbands when they make more? Uh, now, um, there are two different scenarios that I've seen or I've heard of. And I will tell you, usually when women behave in a way where it's payback time, it's because they had a spouse who was not um, submissive unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. So he may not have treated them well. Mm -hmm. He may not have um, 
included them in the budgeting and the planning and how money is spent. Mm. And so they may have been treated when it, when it came to how things are divvied up or what, you know, where things are invested and how we invest and how we plan for the future. They may not have been included in that. They may have been told, I make the money, so you have to do whatever I say. You know, and so they may have felt like second class citizens in terms of your job is to take care of the home and the kids and or you're working, but you don't make as much as I make, etc. So may they have been they may have been made to feel that way. And usually that's when I'm seeing or hearing of women now, now that I'm making more because something's happened to him, either he's lost his job and can't you know get another one paying the same amount. And for African American men that's that's always very possible. Mm-hmm. You know. So now you you have the upper hand and now it's your turn to laud it over him and your mm. turn to remind him, remember when you were making, it's your turn to call the shots and, it's your, <laughs> and you decide I'm going to develop, establish a separate bank account from the, 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 the family bank account, if you even do that at all. You may have a totally separate bank account where he does not have access to it. Mm. So a lot of times what I see is the payback mentality. However, on the opposite side, what I have seen are women who, godly women, and really understand marriage and what God requires for the marriage and the place that money should play. And so rather than pushing the spouse away, they ensure that there's a joint bank account. Everything goes in there. The person who is best at managing the money manages the account, manages the paying of the bills, etc. It doesn't matter who makes what. It's we, we are one, we are a family, we're going to do this together. So they both sit down, they know what the budget is, they plan for their future, they plan for their retirement, they plan for the kids and the kids' education, but they do it together. And nobody looking would know that she makes more, he makes more. Mm-hmm. They may have a sense of it because he may work at McDonald's and she may work at, you know, corporate in a corporate environment. So they may assume that they're making less. One of the things I remember when my husband um, was out of a job. And so my, my experience and my determination was, was always to protect my husband. Because I found men out of a job, they, they deal with it differently than when we were out of a job. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for very long. But I made sure when I returned my tithe and offering, it was a joint tithe and offering. It mm-hmm. wasn't from his paycheck or mine. It was together. Mm-hmm. So anybody looking would not know this. But I'd always done that anyway. But mm-hmm. I was even more determined that you couldn't figure out who was where. Mm-hmm. Because it's we, us. And I believe in protecting my husband and protecting his dignity. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes, you know, when you have um, a woman who may have a spouse whose ego is big, mine is not like that, but mm-hmm. just adding that in. It, it, you'll protect that as well. Mm-hmm. It's a part of who they are. So you still you still work to protect, protect that. So I've seen both sides where the woman has left them out there high and dry and made sure everybody knew that he doesn't have a job or he's not making as much and every opportunity that they get together as, 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 as a couple with friends or family, they talk about money and how much they're making and, <laughs> and, Oh, John, so what are you doing? And, you know, and poor John is left. You are destroying your marriage by mm-hmm. doing that. So you have the payback and then you have the, the, on the other side, the woman who protects 
because she believes in it's a ministry. She has his back. She's going to make sure that we are, we're one and she's going to not allow money to create an issue within that marriage. Mm-hmm. Wow. Those were really, really, really good points. And it's interesting this week. Well, this past week I was, I love YouTube. So I watch a lot of YouTube videos mm-hmm. and I stumbled upon a video specifically on this subject. It's actually a, another side to this conversation of when a woman makes more Mm -hmm. than her husband. And I thought that it was very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Why did I divorce my husband? I divorced my husband because I was making a certain amount of money. I divorced my husband because I thought I didn't need him anymore. I divorced my husband because I had this senior position at work and thought I held the same position at home. I divorced my husband because I thought I was better than him because I had my degree now. I divorced my husband because I thought a successful marriage meant I was here and he was down here. That is not success. That's in sickness. I found myself divorced and out there looking for love in all the wrong places. And this one and that one and that one and that one and this one and that one. And my body count going up and my value going down. I'm just going to call it like a TI is. All the while, my husband and found somebody else building a, a relationship and building a life with them. I should have stayed married to my husband. I felt like I was on this dark road with no street lights, pitch dark. And I couldn't find my way and didn't know which way to go. I felt lost. I felt like I was walking barefoot on that dark road with pebbles and hot rocks sticking my foot. I felt hurt. Uh, I felt alone because every time he and that one and this one and that one left my bed, I was alone all by myself. And which was supposed to be soft and comfortable, comfortable for me, my pillow, it was now filled with tears. I should not have left my husband. You know, I want to say, and that she she <laughs> she brought a point that I also wanted to you know want to bring out, and I was going to do it a little bit later, but this is this is it's a perfect time to bring that up because I've only been married once, and and um, this is my first and plan to only be my only husband. But I I you know I've listened to women, I've worked in a corporate environment, and I've listened to individuals, women who are at the same level that she is, they're senior leaders. And one of the points that I was, I'm going to bring out a little bit later, and I'll bring it out now, is that a lot of times we follow these societal norms. We follow women's lib. We make let our girlfriends talk us in and out of things that we should not have allowed them to talk us in and out of. Oh, girl, he's no good. You can do better than that. The level that you're at, you know, you can find somebody better on your arm, et cetera, et cetera. When God has already ordained that diamond in the rough for you. And together, iron, you rub against each other, you smooth each other down, you become to each other what you need and what God has ordained you to be. But we allow money and 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 and, and these perceived powers and, and society to tell us how good we are or how good we're not when we're making or not making the type of money that we think we need to make. Women, and I'm saying this and I'm speaking directly, we need to let go of these ridiculous ideas that we see in these movies that we see on on, on these network, you know, these one hour, one and a half 
half hour shows that say he's tall, dark, and handsome, mm. and 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 he's rich when he's short, fat, and mediocre in terms of how much he makes. And I said mediocre because six figures seems to be the number we always say six figures. He could be short, fat, and make six figures, which is zero 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 zero. But he's not always going to be at the zero zeros. God has an God has a appointed a, a, a time for all of us to be certain things or to get to a certain place. And sometimes we make the struggle harder for ourselves. But we all also have to think of where a person came from. Because you, I was always raised in an Adventist background. I, I mean, that's what I, that's the only thing I've ever known. I've always been in the church, always told to remain a virgin until you get married, don't sleep around, don't do all of that. And, and I followed all of that. Mm-hmm. But not everybody has that background. Mm-hmm. And but so and then the person that you're meeting, you're not gonna find the sort of same person that with the same background that you have. Mm-hmm. My husband had a totally different background than I did, totally different. He was Christian, but he was not Seventh-day Adventist. But he saw also a different lifestyle. So we were night and day. And if I had said, oh, no, I'm too good for him. I am a Christian. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. I'm better than. He came to church because I took him, invited him to a lot of the crusades and <clears throat> the, 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 um, the events that they were having at our church. Mm-hmm. And that was his first ever experience with Seventh-day Adventism. And through that, he became converted and he became baptized. And that, that's been, what, 30, 30, uh, 29, 30 years ago? Mm-hmm. And he's never left. He stayed. So we may, we may follow what the norm in society says. And, and I, again, I go back. I was intentional about my foundation. Marriage is a ministry. God-ordained marriage. There's a whole different way that marriage is, is um is conducted or people get involved in marriage outside of that particular uh, a, a Christian environment. Mm-hmm. So you bring other people into the marriage, you've got two or three different partners, you open up the marriage where everybody and everything can come in. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's not the way that it works. So, so And that includes how we manage money. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Listening to her, and I, and I also want to just share this. I remember when she, she's so right, but I remember when I worked for this particular individual, and she was um, the chief nursing officer at one of the institutions where I worked. And she made you know, a lot of money. She was single, had never been married, had no children. And when you saw this person, she looked like she had it all together. Mm-hmm. But I remember her speaking with one of the other senior executives. Now, two different women, both high-level professionals. One was made same type of money, but was married with children, went home every day and cooked for the kids after she left work, cooked for the kids. She washed, she ironed, she went hanging out with her husband because he had a small Cessna plane and she hated flying, but she went because her thing was, you know, he does some of the things I want, I do some of the things he wants. Mm. And she talked about her kids in glowing terms. So they're my life. I love my kids. I do this. <clears throat> and I remember asking her, I said, you live here and you go home and you do this. She said, oh, absolutely. Mm. She said, this job is going to be over. Mm. And when it's over, the only thing I have left is my family. Mm. The other individual got hurt earlier in her life. Mm-hmm. And she was in her 20s. She was in her 50s now. 
So she cut men out of her life altogether. And she established a whole set of girlfriends that she hung out with to do everything with. So she went on dinner with, and it was always a group of them. They're all single and they bought bikes and they did all of that. But I remember her saying to me, and I was an executive assistant at that time. And I remember her at her talking to the other individual, not saying to me, talk to the other individual and saying, how do you do that? What does it feel like to have a husband and children? And then the truth came out. I've always wanted to do that. She said, but it's too late. She was sick at home. That's what, She was sick at home. And all the girlfriends were off in some grease and here and there. And nobody came over to see her. And she was sick and nobody knew she was sick. And she couldn't make it to the phone to call 911 that she was sick. So when she ended up in the hospital for about a month or so, when she came back, totally different person. She just burst into tears and she said, I've always wanted to be married, always wanted to have children. She said, but I spent all my time chasing money, working my way up the corporate ladder. And she says, no, it's too late. She said, I'm in my, she was like 55. She says, it's too late. I, can't, I won't be able to have kids. And someone told her, it's not too late. You can still get married. You can adopt some children. Mm -hmm. But she, the, the regret, the crying, I was so shocked. And I was watching her. I was sitting outside of the, the office and I was watching her in there just having a, a whole breakdown. So we allow society or things that have happened to us to dictate how our marriage works. And part of that is money. Others determine for us. And then they go on with their lives and leave us with the regret. Mm. I'm going to say this with no apology. I have tried, and by no means am I perfect, but I have tried to follow the biblical principles that God set out for me, even when I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. Even when I didn't understand it. And it's turned out to be such a blessing in my life. Because now that I'm older and I can look back, I can see, oh, that, that's why he says don't sleep with anybody else. That, and at the time, I'm saying everybody says do that. Why can't I do that? But I said, mm -hmm. you know what? I don't want to have children with the, the last name, John, green, blue, yellow. I want all my kids to have the same last name as best as possible. Mm -hmm. The other point that I want to bring out is this, which your video brought out. And I'm telling you this, Anne. Individuals that you see, and I'm saying this very general because you have specific cases that have been married four, five, and six times, even two, three, four times, need to really take stock. Stop and ask, who is the common denominator in all these marriages? Hmm. It's one person, but you have several different individuals. Something is going on with you. Hmm. You can't make it work even with a different individual. What is going on here? What's going on within me? What do I value most? And I, I loved it. She says, the body count was going up, but my value was going down. We can't allow anything, including money, to determine our value or use it to determine the value of anybody else. Mm. You will never have a good or a strong marriage. You'll find, you won't find husbands. <clears throat> You'll find partners. You will never have a you will never have a, a, a great marriage because you value something else over the other person. 
or you're using something, whether it's a big house or a car or whatever, to determine how value the value you need to place on them. And if they're not making six figures, they're making four figures, three figures, $300, $400 a week, $300, $400 a month. And you value that more than you value character. Mm. That is not going to create a great marriage. So, and I'm going to say this, and then I'm, you know, I can't tend to get on my little hobby horse, but I've been married for 20 years. I've learned a lot of things. Money is never going to solve all the problems. That issue of money is a symptom of other things going on. It, it is the way you manage your money is, is probably a symptom could potentially be of unforgiveness. Mm. He did me wrong. And so here is my opportunity to get at you carrying something. He, he messed up. Could be years ago. And you couldn't leave because you probably weren't in a position financially. Now you're, you have the upper hand. And it's my time, payback time. So I would ask, and, and, and now this is just one instance. There are other things that could be going on. But when you see certain symptoms, money is not the issue. But money reveals a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Money reveals it. Money reveals. The issue with money reveals a lot of issues. It could be you have an issue with self-control. You spend a lot. You don't have any self-control. You don't have any temperance. Everything, you, 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 your self-esteem is low. So you got to always try to keep up with the Joneses. They've got a big car. you got a bigger one. You don't want a big one. You just want a bigger one. Hmm. So money also reveals other deep-seated issues. The way we manage money and or mismanage it can reveal other issues that are potentially going on. And I'm going to stop because I could just <laughs> go on and on and on. <laughs> that no no no. that was good I think a lot of I think all of what you just said needed to be said in the way that it was said for it to enter into our brains especially for those of us who are not married so we could how do I say this alter our thinking as best as we can before we enter into marriage to give ourselves the best chance for success that's correct that's correct that's correct and i want to say this too um i'm not beating down women we've been through a lot we do a lot we bear a lot we we carry a lot so i'm not beating down women but this session is talking to women and i'm a woman i've been through a a lot of things myself and i'm not i look young but i'm not i'm older than that look um but this session is about women. So I'm talking to women. So somebody would say, what about the men? We can deal with the men. You know, whenever Anne wants to bring me back and we can talk about the men mm-hmm. or bring a man back to talk about the men. But right now, my focus is on women. So I know there may be some women saying, she's just beating us down. No, I'm not. I'm really just talking to you from a heart of love mm-hmm. because I see the mistakes that we make. Mm-hmm. I've made my own mistakes. And then I've, I've heard and seeing the pieces that have been left, just like in your video, after we've made those mistakes, we've chased after the fool's gold, the tall, dark, handsome, six-figure driving the sports car. 
when that's not that's not God's ideal for us. It, it may be God's ideal for somebody else because they can handle that, but it may not be his ideal for me because I can't handle all that. I will do, I will worship and idolize that man because of everything he has. But we've got to think beyond the money and beyond today. Mm-hmm. If something were to happen to him, and I, as a child, it's strange, but I, I, I told my husband as a child, I always tend to think way ahead. I already knew what I wanted my home to look like in, in the sense of not physically, but in terms of internally. I knew that I wanted certain things as part of my the core of my home. Mm-hmm. And that was, I wanted a marriage. I didn't want any, anybody walking up to me and talking to my husband about me. Oh, I've been with her, you know, mm-hmm. so I lived my life a certain way. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to, to, to be chasing down baby daddies all over the place. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you what I wanted. This is not a cancer person or anybody else. I, I had a plan for my life and I wanted to align God's plan. So I didn't want any of that to be a part of my, my, my experience or my existence. And I planned my life that way. And, and it behooves us to really look no matter where we are, no matter what we've done, what do I want for my life going forward? And I was going to say this, and I'll come back to it. If you were looking for a husband, the, the, especially if you're an African-American woman or brown skin ex, the possibility of finding someone who makes less than you is, is 80 to 90%. We have more women or where women are more educated now than the men are with more college degrees. They tend to have the better jobs. So that possibility is that you're going to find someone who makes less than you. It's a a 1% that's in the millionaire category, 1%. So you're going to find someone who's going to make less than you. And you may say, no, all I want is for him to be in six figures. The possibility of you finding that, of every single woman who's looking for that finding that, is not realistic. The second thing I want to say to you, okay, so he makes six figures. He's everything you thought, tall, tall, dark, and handsome. Life, the only thing constant in life is change. That's the only thing that's constant in life is change. So what happens when something happens to him? He meets an accident. He becomes crippled. His face is burned. He's no longer tall, dark, and handsome. He's no longer handsome. He's no longer tall. The legs had to be amputated. He can no longer work. Or if he works, he's now disabled, so he's going to find something or someone that's accommodating to him. So it may not be, it's not going to be at the same level. What happens then? You're going to throw him out and then find someone who back to that six figure, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Marriage is a ministry. And and, and again, I keep going back because I want this to be clear. Marriage was instituted by God and and marriages are made, marriage is made for Christians. If you are not a Christian or you are not willing to live by the biblical principles outlined in scripture related to marriage, Leave father and mother. Stop running to your mom, telling her everything. He don't make enough money. You know, ex- he's not taking care of me like he should. If you're not willing to do that, stay away from marriage. It's not for you. Stay mm. single. Date forever and ever and ever. And switch the partners the minute one loses their job. Just to stay out of it. 
But you go into this thing and you're going to destroy somebody else because you are devaluing them when their only value in your eyes is that they make a certain kind of money, a certain amount of money. You have devalued that person down to a dollar. And I'll pause right there. Wow. Wow. All of what you just said is just food for thought. I don't even have anything to say. Just food for thought. Ladies, I hope you're digesting this because this is invaluable. No price information. All right. So you've mentioned how it's important to not just look at how much the person makes or how they look. And it's something that I've listened to or heard recently quite a bit. And that is to make sure that you actually like the person that you are in a relationship with or that you love the person just in case anything happens and that you're not necessarily focusing on what they bring or what, how much they make or what they have, but who that person is. Because if anything happens, because you said the only constant in life is change. If anything happens that you are comfortable and happy with the person that you chose to be with, you know, if things go wrong, are you happy to be with this person? Or do you feel safe to go through struggles with this person? You know, Mm -hmm. and that's something that we, especially as um, single ladies need to keep in mind because if you're only thinking about the lifestyle that that you're going to have once you're married like like Mm -hmm. you said what happens when his legs get amputated and it might not even be about his health or uh, not necessarily health but how he eats you know we're thinking diabetes and he got had his leg amputated but what if you were on a boating trip right and his leg got scraped from one of the rocks in the bottom of the floor and he got flesh-eating bacteria Bacteria mm-hmm. or sepsis or something right? else. So there are so like we, we've talked in Sabbath school. Life is so fragile, right? We have to focus mm-hmm. on God and just do his will. Put him first right. and everything else will right. fall into place. And if your heart was right in marrying that person, God will, it, it will be hard, but God will be with you. So don't make life harder than it needs to be by marrying someone that you don't even like wrong person or someone who just values you for the material things you can't Mm. provide because when you can't provide it it's Mm -hmm. over they're going to move on to the next person that's where you get the three four five and six marriages Mm. yeah that that's not my ministry i'm not trying to be married three four five six seven times I just want to be married once, uh, once and for all. Right. Unless, of course, I become a widow. God forbid. forbid. So that's right. That's right. One and one alone. That's right. You know, I, I'll tell you, Anne. I, I I talk to my husband a lot about because we're older now, and, and you know, we're, we we still have a few years before retirement, but we're thinking about it. And I, you know, we talk about it. And I said to him, you know, I've already planned. God forbid, and if anything happens to you. I said, and you have to be in a wheelchair. I said, I've got this jazzed up wheelchair for you. <laughs> we'll go to the mall. And I said, we'll turn that motor on and get, and I said, I'll sit in there laughing. We'll just roll that. And he looks at me and he's just taken aback. And I said, I'm not planning for anything to happen to you, but understand this. We, and I heard this from Laura Moore Johnson, Pastor Laura Moore mm. Johnson. And she calls her husband, her destiny mm. partner. And I was listening to the Oakwood 
Oakwood University mm-hmm. Live. I was, I was online on Sabbath afternoon and they had her mm-hmm. on. And that's just talking to women about finding the right partner. And one of the things she talked about was your destiny partner. Mm-hmm. Can you, and I call, ever since I heard that, I've been saying, my husband's my destiny partner because the person who supports me, whether I am going to be making more or less, or I'm wanting to change career, or I don't feel that I am, or I suffer from imposter syndrome. You are so good, Donna. You can do this. I see you in this. God, we go and get up and praise over me and praise over me. Not runs away because I am not where they think I should be. Someone who prays for me, over mm. me, when I'm not even a place where I feel like praying for myself. Mm. So you need to find someone. If You need to make sure this person's going to be your destiny partner. So that when you make more than him, he doesn't run off mm. and leave you because he can't handle it. His ego won't handle mm. it. But also that if you make more than him, you don't act the mm. fool. Because you can't handle it. And I, you know, I say this all the time in Sabbath school. That's why God don't give some of mix them mm-hmm. up the rich. We just can't handle the money. We can't handle the, the power that comes with it, the influence that comes with it, or even manage the actual money itself. We blow it on stuff. We're always chasing after stuff. So we need to make sure that what that this person marriage in ministry. And this person, make sure that this person, that person's your destiny partner. That they're going to be with you for the long haul. That you're destined to be with them because it's what God has ordained for mm-hmm. you. And you can't determine who that person is by val- trying to, to make that determination based on money mm-hmm. and looks. Mm-hmm. Very good. But we have a few more minutes left really quickly. How are these behaviors affecting the relationship? The way we behave, it destroys stress. Behaviors like that, when you're when you're choosing and making decisions just based on money, it destroys trust. It destroys relationship. It destroys the ability for you in your marriage to be free and open and vulnerable to one another, because he's not going to mm-hmm. trust you. You've destroyed him. You've destroyed his ego. You've taken the opportunity to advertise the fact mm-hmm. that he's less than, rather than covering and protecting him. Remember, I said about tithe and offering. That's what I did. I. We, we agree. Everything goes in at once. We don't do the separate. I do mine so everybody can tell I make more and, you know what I'm saying, or I make less. Yeah, you know. So and so that's my, my, you know, that's my response to that particular, particular okay. question. Okay. So how can a woman enhance her relationship when she is making more than her husband? Because we've talked a lot about some of the ways that it can negatively affect the relationship, but... How can a woman enhance her relationship if she is making more than her husband? Be gracious. Be kind. Be gentle. Your husband's ego may not be able to handle mm-hmm. it. You're in a ministry. So be gracious, be gentle, be kind, be understanding. This is not a time for payback. Learn to give money a lesser place of value in your an important place but a lesser place of value in our marriage. Uh, continue your intimacies. Don't treat them any different because I, I've heard women say, no money, no honey. This is a Christian marriage. Continue to make sure that he knows he's still desirable and attractive to you. And that money is not, when you see his face, you don't see dollar bills. You, know? you still see him as a husband you marry. Do not compare him to others. 
And do not ever see your marriage as a mistake because you're not able to continue to live the lifestyle that you used to live when he was making more and you were making less. Just continue to see him as your destiny partner. Mm -hmm. And do you have any last words of advice for women who may be struggling financially or who may be struggling in their marriages as a result of finances? Yes. Pray for wisdom. Do not follow the Joneses. Create a budget that you and your husband can agree on. Protect your husband's reputation and his ego. Hmm. That's my advice. Wow. And put God first, please. If you're a Christian, there's a lot of things that can be resolved or solved if you put God, God first. The cattle on a thousand hills are his. So if you need something, that's who provides for you. That's who provides for your husband. So trust God, put him first. Continue to be a minister to your husband and continue to live the way that God has asked you to live. And I pray that you will experience a rich, rewarding, and fulfilling marriage. Hmm. Well, I don't have any more to say. I, I want to thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with us. That was very needed and that was very succinct simple straightforward any other adjective and i really appreciate it so thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with us and ladies i hope that you were able to receive so many gems apply them to your life in order to have good connections with people in general but most importantly if you're married with your husband and if you're not married with your future husband if you know, if that's what God was for you in your life. So again, thank you, Donna, for coming and sharing. I appreciate it. And thank you, Anne, for this opportunity and any time. Of course. <laughs>